Today we did Origins by Neil deGrasse Tyson and Donald Goldsmith. Um, the caption for the book, this remarkable book presents evidence that our true origins are not just human or even terrestrial, but actually cosmic. Origins takes us on a spellbinding tour of today's new cosmic science and its stunning insights into the formation and evolution of the universe and all its structures. Galaxies and galaxy clusters, stars within galaxies, planets that orbit those stars, and different forms of life on Earth and hints of life beyond. Exploring exciting scientific breakthroughs of recent years, from the mystery of dark energy and the location of oceans in the solar system to the discovery of bacteria called extremophiles that can survive in conditions previously considered impossible. Origins charts our ongoing quest to understand how a particular part of the universe spawned life, and if indeed life is unique to us. We have grown used to thinking of ourselves as and our origins in relation to our closest kin among the primates, but in Origins, we learn to think of ourselves as kin to starlight, to the chemical elements blown into space by exploding stars billions of years ago, and we come to see this massive Earth we inhabit as one more speck of cosmic dust in the ever-expanding universe. Drawing on the current cross-pollination among geology, biology, astrophysics, and cosmology, Origins explains the soul-stirring leaps in our understanding of the universe while capturing the important importance of such extraordinary events as the first image of a galaxy being born and the exploration of Martian frontiers by Spirit Rover. Distilling complex science into clear and lively prose, co-authors Neil deGrasse Tyson and Donald Goldsmith conduct a galvanizing tour of the cosmos that reveals what the universe has been up to while turning part of itself into us. Book Bash! Welcome to our book club podcast where we pick a book to read each month that we then review. The best part is, you can join our book club. Just read the book with us and give your own feedback on the book and our reviews in the comments below. Be warned, if you haven't read the book and you want to listen to the show anyway, there will be spoilers. We choose the book for the next episode at the end of this one. I hope you enjoy, and thanks for listening. Ladies and gents, welcome back to the Book Bash. I hope that your Thanksgivings was well. Because those are how words work. I hope your Thanksgiving was good. Um, I am your host, Sleepy Time Josh, and I am joined, as usual, by Garner, with and an eye patch. <laughs> Alex, with coffee. It is true. He has a homemade eye patch. It um, is made of electrical tape and a napkin. It works. It's good. If you guys have a lazy eye at home that misbehaves, you just put it in timeout eye patch. That's all you need to do. That's what we learned from this book. <laughs> That's the part about it. So, origins. 14 billion years of cosmic evolution. Or as uh, I might have called it, origins. A love letter to cosmology. Uh, you know, it's actually got some uh, more cosmology than Plato and Aristotle. <laughs> it's actually pretty crazy. Yeah. So, uh, Alex, I believe this is your book. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Neil deGrasse Tyson. I haven't read any of his books. And oh, yeah. I like astrophysics. It seems perfect. You're like, I chose this book because Neil deGrasse Tyson gives me a boner. Or, in your case, you know, whatever. A lady boner. A yep. lady boner. There we go. She was like, Neil deGrasse Tyson's, man, I'm going to read his stuff. 
Sounds good. Close enough. Cool. And um, so, so the book delivers. I mean, I just like the basics about the book. I would like to just discuss this. If you haven't read the book already, listener, the book is pretty much um, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Pretty much starts out like explaining some just very basic science, like why you should believe in science and that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was. I was I actually thought that was really interesting. He was just like, I just want you to just to remind you why we do the science and why you should trust the science. He's, I think he spent like almost an hour on that. Does anyone know? Close. And yeah, uh, I think uh, yeah, because there's like the um, what do you call it before the first chapter starts? The introduction. It's actually yeah, the like, overture. Overture. That's the one. Yeah, the overture. And so the overture is just pretty much them like talking about like why. Why astronomy? Why cosmology? Why science? Why should you believe us? They actually, in a way, right at the beginning of the book, try to like answer some of the like the most basic arguments about what's going to happen in the rest of the book. Because in the rest of the book, the guy's going to try to convince you that um, you live in an expanding universe and you live in a universe that we can observe and that we can time date it, and and also that science really knows what it's talking about. Yes. No, really. Yes, sometimes. we know. Yeah, sometimes. Except when we don't. <laughs> so, so that's what the book was. That, that's pretty much what it was about. First to tell you that we don't. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and so uh, I guess we'll start um, with me. What did I like about the book? I will admit I liked uh, something really silly about the book. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I like that Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, Likes to like rip out sick burns every so often. <laughs> Some of them are kind of like a little underhanded and, and subtle too. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> you, you want to see someone just like kind of just like smack down an entire idea. <laughs> just, just, just burn the person so hard for having that thought. Man, Neil deGrasse Tyson is good at that. Although I gotta say, listening to the book on Audible, first off, I'm disappointed that Mr. Tyson did not read the book himself. Uh, yeah, that missed he, opportunity. I mean, he's got a great voice, and I think it would have been great for him to deliver it. You know, I mean, it's it's only less than nine hours. You know, and the guy does the show Cosmo. I'm sure you could find some time to sit down and read. His own damn book. <laughs> but at the same time, I, the the guy who was reading it, Mr. Kevin Kennerly, um, I, I kind of feel like he sort of missed the delivery on some of those little punches, you know? Cause, yeah. Like, I wouldn't say that his reading of the book was bad, but I wouldn't necessarily say it was all that good either. Like, it was very middle-of-the-line delivery, and so there were some times where you could tell, like, the writing was trying to make a little jab, you know, make a little, like, a joke on something, and, and but the way the guy would read it, he'd read it well straight-faced, and so you could easily miss some of them. Yeah, he was taking it very seriously. I would almost <laughs> say that some of those jokes went over his head, so he didn't yeah. know to... Yeah, yeah. I could totally buy that. ...deliver them differently. Yeah, Absolutely. I have a different opinion on the on the guy who read it. Okay. I think that the first like four hours of the book were recorded in a different segment oh, than yeah? the other, because he goes from like having um, like a really preachy tone and 
uh, you should be so excited and have and like this, like he had like this sing songy voice in the first hmm. few hours. Like he would try to like you know he, he would change his voice near the end of sentences to be like and that's why you should believe that we're made of stardust right and he just kind of <laughs> talked in this way but then later the later half of the book he like really picks up his pace and i like i'm really convinced he had an off day on part of the recording probably but i think and this kind of gets to what I didn't like about the book was that the first part of the book is a lot harder to understand, whereas the second part of the book is a lot more layman. Absolutely. Oh, my I God. agree. I, yeah. I have things to say about that when we get to that side of this. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The show here, but yeah. Oh man. Um. But also on that sort of note, too, the observation I had was that um, I was expecting this book to be a little more like romantic in its delivery because i've watched some of neil degrasse tyson's cosmos and you know while he's you know giving you all of this um scientific information about you know whatever the subject of the episode is he tends to frame it in this very sort of romanticized way about how how great all of this information is and that it's not just sort of droll and dry and and check it out. Sure. Do as it will should with also it. be noted, though, that this book was written in 2004. Published in 2004. Right. So oh, it was written wow. even before that. He hadn't done Cosmos. Pluto was still a planet when this right. was written. Yeah, that was obvious. <laughs> so I think that there's a lot to be said that he's picked up his media since then. He's picked up like this image of who yeah, he is since certainly. then. Well, actually, I didn't keep in time, uh, keep track of the time. So that means this guy's been dishing out the burns. For at least twelve years, <laughs> yeah. this guy's a badass. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. So, so what did you like about the book, Josh? So, man, this is kind of tough for me. Um, I, it's difficult because a lot of this information was stuff I kind of already knew. And had heard before. I told you. That's all I'm going to say. I told uh, you so. You, you did. You called it. And, um... There were times where I did think the presentation of the information was very, um... Like, well laid out. It kind of took you through the steps to sort of understand it. But then there were some other times where I felt like... They were over-explanatory and then under-explanatory. But I'd say on a whole, it was pretty well laid out to be like, step by step, we're starting at the beginning here, people, and we're going to walk you through it, you know. Let me take your hand, and I'm going to teach you about the world you live in and beyond. Right. And so I, I did appreciate it for that. But... Honestly, I don't know that I have too much else that I would be like, this was really good. Well, I I have one other thing I'd add other than my sick burns is that, um, you know, like Neil deGrasse Tyson and his buddy Goldsmith here, they, while writing the book, are, um, while trying to explain things, they're essentially step by, just like you're saying, step by step trying to explain things. But they also um, had, like, laid out, like, oftentimes they were trying to address some of the basic arguments from people, like, let's say you were a theist or a non-theist. And I liked that they were self-aware enough to actually try to address 
some issues. Definitely. So that was something I really liked about the book. A lot of people were just like, this is how it is. And they try to, like, they try to, like, specifically avoid the difficult arguments. Right. Or the, um, the, uh, devil's advocate. Yeah. And, uh, I actually really like that, um, you know, like, pretty much, I mean, the dark energy section of this book this guy goes round and round about the guys who are like taking huge stabs at it <laughs> right and yeah. he does go through theories the history of things theories that didn't pass and why right. we came to start thinking about the theories that we do hold today yeah and, and just sort of the process of disproving i did kind of find it funny how much they talk about the um sort of rivalry nature of science yeah and discovery and how, you know, each team of scientists are basically trying to disprove the other guys and catch them off their guard, you know. Yeah, but he also makes it seem um, at times good-natured and at other times not so good-natured. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, right. Sometimes it's rivalry and sometimes they're not. They're like frenemies. Like, I'm going to get you. <laughs> yeah. Just wait. <laughs> so I did like that. I mean, I was just, I was just going to, like, uh, bolster, shore up your thing there. Sure. All right, Alex. I'm going to build on that and actually say that what I liked best about this book, having read lots of other astrophysics books, is that it was so broad. You know, a lot of books will focus on just dark matter or just planet formation or just this or just that. But he really puts it in this larger context of we move from this thing to this thing to this thing to this thing. Um, And I understand why he laid out the book like he did. He started with the Big Bang and then he goes on to Origins of Life, you know, back in time to current time. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, for for only being less than nine hours, uh, listen, um, I don't, you've got the hard copy, Alex. So how many pages is that? Um, or roughly. Looks like about 320. Yeah, so that's not... That's not a lot of space, and yet they still manage to, like, cover the material in a way that is satisfactorily thorough. And frankly, they cover almost all the stuff you would get in a high school astronomy class. And, and I mean, we're talking about um, a span of time and theory that is, like, nigh impossible for a human mind to, like, properly encapsulate. You know? I mean, like... We're talking about scales that... We have to really rely on computers to model for us because our brains are just like, nah, nah, man. Uh-uh, I don't get that. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned that he goes over what you get in a um, high school astronomy class, but it also goes into chemistry. He goes into oh, this huge yeah. thing about the elements and where we find them in Earth and how they're made. He goes into some biology towards the end. I mean, he spends, like, life. he spends like 15 minutes going through the naming history of every element. Uh, yeah. uh, I mean, well, I, not every element, but yeah. I, I will say this. When he calls out the reader and says to them, hey, you probably uh, just think this is a, some sort of strange chart that you need like a special understanding in order to read. It's <laughs> like, well, let me just go through it for you. Right? It's like, do you find this chart weird? Can you not read it? And I was like, you know, like I consider myself like... Fairly well educated. I mean, I have a fucking associate's degree in arts and sciences, right? Um, but yeah, I you know I don't really get that chart very well. All right, and uh, and for him to just like go through it, I was like, 
Well, I am being humbled brutally right now. <laughs> I just am like, yeah. humble me more, Neil. <laughs> I, uh, I will say, um, you know, like, even though I liked my book, The Checklist Manifesto, that guy talked for like six and a half hours about checklists or something. And um, you really got to hand it to Neil here. That he uh, <laughs> could nail out like the history of the universe in eight hours. Yeah. Right. Like I mean, and what still guy, poke fun at everybody. Yeah, it still still burn the shit out of you, right? Like, like, I mean, you have to give it to him that one dude is like, let me tell you about my personal experiences being a doctor, and he can go on and on and on. It feels like, let me tell you about like the nature of uh, everything. Yeah. Like, like really, like this guy's not wasting any time. He's not trying to waste your time. But that leads me to the thing that I didn't like. Here we go. Yeah. I, um, where, like, Gawande in the Checklist Manifesto, he was really trying hard to convince you. Maybe too hard. Like, look, dude, I get it. Um, but I felt like Tyson, after a while, started just talking sometimes matter-of-factly. Like, he just, after a while, he started to rely on... Um, that you just made the other thing that he told you, you've accepted to be true, and you just got to keep going. Right. And then he just keeps, you know, like, oh, you accept that to be true? Okay, well, if you believe that's to be true, then this to be true. And, I, and I'm just going to say it, right? I, I've met some people who are like this, who are like, look, if you accept this to be true, this the, that to be true, and that's why now you need to wear some magic pajamas and get baptized. Right. All right? Like, I did not like what Tyson was doing. Right. Right. And I really felt that he should have slowed down um, just a bit, uh, especially in the beginning, like Alex was saying, and uh, actually try to convince me. Like, he starts with, like, with the most controversial concept, like the Big Bang. Like, like, I'll tell you what, I read the book, and I was still not convinced that he, you know, um, that, that the evidence that he had showed that right and and i believe in the big bang right like but you know i think that the scientists know what they're talking about but i what when he explained it like how they came up with the information i was like that's not very compelling actually right and i feel like um you know at the beginning where he's talking about you know um science and how great that is and 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 uh the overture was it yeah yeah the overture yeah and um i think he was trying to sort of like prime the rest of this and being like it's not taking it by faith we've really worked hard at this right he's trying to prime you know? us to say dude just listen to me and it's you know, not that you have to believe what we're saying it's like no this is real we've done the homework but at the same time it's, it's true that like and we will tell you when it is guesswork <laughs> yeah and, and he was good about that I mean yeah. the dark matter section especially Oh yeah, really good about like constantly being like. By the way, there's other ideas. I would say that 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 section segment of the book was probably where I learned the most for sure. Yeah, I had not heard a lot about that, and I was like, oh, okay, this is starting to make sense. Right. <laughs> so that that my main criticism of the book was that was that um, I felt like um, a lot of people tell me a lot of straight straight laced things like that I'm living in a computer program or something <laughs> and like I need more convincing than there's this other thing that's true right you know like there's a thing called eugenics and there's a thing called English and there's a thing called donkeys but Bertrand Russell said that there's uh, donkeys that speak English and and talk about eugenics on a far off planet 
I want proof, Bertrand. <laughs> I want proof. And uh, and the other thing that I really didn't like about the book, and and this this is actually probably like my uh, unfortunately like my strongest critique is that uh, you know I was kind of dry, right? Like I just I um, like I actually don't have too much to say about the book because. Uh, either I already knew it, or um, I was just kind of, I was just sort of like waiting for the rhetoric. And it was, you know, it, it was at that moment I was like, this is why there's liberal art degrees. <laughs> because there's no rhetoric here. Just like, dude, it's a, it's just the fucking facts. Look at my data sheet. <laughs> Alright, so there you go. That's what I didn't like about the book. Yeah, for me, um, I definitely would agree with you on the drive factor. It was hard for me to pay attention to... Um, you know, I felt, but one thing that was really weird to, for me, I, I briefly mentioned before, like, how some things were sort of over-explained and others were under-explained. Like, one, one that really stuck out to me is that early in the book, you know, he's talking about a lot of, like, mathematical variables that include, like, numbers like 10 to the 23rd power, and yet he never, as far as I can recall, stopped to explain what the fuck that's supposed to mean. But, you know, he'll sit down near towards the end of the book and be like, let me remind you this old uh, nursery rhyme about a girl who invades a bear's house, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, what's interesting is he, I mean, he's a little schizophrenic about, like, trying to bring things back to Lehman's terms. Like, near the end of the book, when he's talking about space aliens, that's the why you're reading the book, okay? Space aliens. No, near the end of the book, when he's talking about space aliens, he, um... He actually stops for a while at certain parts and be like, by the way, that would take a thousand years to get from point A to point B. Like, he'll just, like, even though he gave the one astronomical notation, then he'll stop and actually explain, like, what does this mean to you? Yeah, but um, the reason that one stuck out to me is because, especially, like, when he's talking about the dark matter energy and the forces that were basically um, boiling the universe into existence, he was using a lot of that... Um, you know, variable to the x power, and it's like it doesn't take much to explain that that number, that the x power number, just means how many fucking zeros are behind it. You yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Okay. So even then, when I before when I said ten to the twenty third power, I actually should have just been one to the twenty fourth power. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a problem with that. There's a reason why they put the zero there. Oh, okay. This isn't a math class. No, Garner would know the math. <laughs> there's, there's a reason why they put the zero there. Yeah, you, you've studied that better than I. But anyway. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't take much to explain that and then just be like, it's a fucking huge number. We're dealing with really big numbers here. Well, I mean, there's a reason why they call it astronomical. <clears throat> right? Yeah. Yeah, so. I think that gets into what my least favorite part of the book was, is that while I understand why he organized it the way he did, I kind of think it should have been reversed. I think he should have started with the easy stuff and then went on to the harder stuff like Dark Matter. Oh, yeah. So it's it's like this catch-22. It's how do you want to organize the book? Um, But I also think that he does better with layman's terms later in the book because that's stuff that's more accepted. You know, we see the planets. We know Jupiter's out there. We can understand. Yeah, it's on a more visceral scale that we can even, you know, measure and conceive. It's a far less conjecture. Yeah, it's... And a lot of it's stuff that's been taught in school forever now. Yeah. Whereas nobody's teaching the Big Bang 
in depth at least nobody's teaching dark matter nobody's so it's hard to even come up with layman's terms for things like that we just haven't had the time discussing it as a culture to come up with it but yeah i think starting with all that hard stuff probably turned off a lot of people to the book honestly if you read the first couple chapters you're like uh this is way over my head oh yeah i mean really like from the sounds of it, you know, because like the the early part of the book, it's actually hard for me to like really rationalize what his arguments are about like what he's trying to say. Like, what is his evidence for the Big Bang? Right? To yeah. me, it's just like okay, his evidence for the Big Bang is there are heavy elements out there. <laughs> okay, I need a little bit more fish line here, Tyson. <laughs> like, I yeah, I get it. There's heavy elements. I know a little bit how hard it is to get them. We get them from stars somehow. They must have exploded and traveled across the universe and coalesced. I get that. Uh, but that's not very compelling. Right? That's just not. like you know. Well, and, you know, to start with such, like, a theoretical, um, uh, basically, part of cosmology, oh, yeah. he also then, during that time, had to lay a lot of the basic groundwork science, like uh, what we understand of gravity, what we understand of light and heat and energy. And frankly, some of the hardest stuff, the stuff you go to school for. Yeah, like Doppler light shifts and spectrums and stuff and and elemental weights and atomic structures. And <laughs> it's just like, front load all of this groundwork science on top of trying like while trying to explain um theoretical uh physics and and uh hypotheses about what the universe was like when you know it was the size of a pinhead (laughs) so i mean like overall i'm uh on this book i'm kind of like uh i mean it's only eight hours and, I mean, if you want to see some really sick burns, like, I mean, the UFO segment, let me just say, <laughs> he slam dunks that part <laughs> so bad where he's just like, well, you know, really, like, if you think about this very carefully, like, I mean, like, because he goes through, like, even psychology about, like, how eyewitness reports are bad and so on and whatnot. And then after a while, it's just like, you know, okay, so now that we've eliminated all these other arguments which i found really weird like he he actually went through a bunch of arguments and like went no that could be right because of this this could be right because of that then it's just like well you don't in the end you know what would make sense is that the aliens are sick and twisted and do it for uh their our entertainment and 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 to entertain us and to entertain them and that's why they put them pyramids there and that's why and he just says it all tongue-in-cheek and i'm just like wow dude yeah egyptians didn't build them pyramids you're right it's for the sick entertainment of space aliens right i was like so you know on one hand this book is short and you're not going to lose a lot um, from it, but it didn't have Tyson himself doing it. And if you want to hear some really sick burns, it's pretty cool. It is also, I will say this, if I were to recommend a book, which I'm kind of torn on, because uh, like like I said, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to fess up. It's a little boring. But the book, um, <laughs> it is humbling. It will humble you. If you feel like you need to get humble, read Origins. <laughs> For me, I mean, I think I'm just falling over the line of being like, I'm not, I don't know that this is a good book. Um, simply because, like, maybe my criteria are weird, but I feel like, for one, I didn't really get anything out of the information on the inside. 
of this. You know, there was very little that I kind of took away from home. You got the Dark Matter, though. I got the Dark Matter, and I ha- I kind of want to look into um, the sort of cliffhanger at the end about that Saturn probe that was supposed to land on Titan. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I don't remember hearing anything about that. Especially since it was written 10 plus years ago. Right, like, we should have gotten something back from it unless it just blew up. That it's, tends to happen. It does happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, uh, but I mean, on the most part, it was it was difficult to digest. It took me three days to get through it all, and, and I kind of crammed it today before the show. Um, and uh, and then when I consider who would I would recommend it to, kind of draw a blank because Gosh. it's like the level of the understanding that's kind of necessary to come into it. Like you've probably heard some of this information already. And so, like, maybe if you're, like, coming out of high school, really interested in cosmology and science and stuff, I might be like, hey, check this out, kid. But at the same time, I think there's more digestible ways to get that information right now, you know? Like, I could give him a short list of YouTube videos also to go watch and get the same information in half the time. You can watch Munich Physics. I don't know, like, well, what I will say, though... Is I think Alex, you brought this up. You said um, a while back. Well, I think it was this book. Um, we had had like a side conversation before this. I think you said, uh, "Who was the intended audience?" Yeah, right. Right. Like actually, Josh, who do you think was the intended audience of the book? I honestly think the intended audience is um, is that like late teen to twenty, um, like twenty range. Like late teen to late twenty range, because uh, um, I think it's just basic enough that if you have a basic grasp of science and and an interest in this field, that you'll be able to follow it along with his explanations. There'll just be a few things that are kind of fuzzy, but it's not none of the, like the really high concept stuff wouldn't be so important that you're not going to be able to follow the book along. But at the same time, if you're older than that and you're interested in this, you've probably already looked into it or have been tracking it for a while. And if you're younger than that, a lot of it's going to go over your head. And some of that would will be fundamental concepts. All right, Alex, let us hear your overall sentiment on the book. I'm going to put this in the context of I've read a lot of astrophysics books. So I think for what it is... Like I said, it's it's more basic than a lot of astrophysics books, but it's not so basic that it's like elementary school primer. I think it's a good book. I think it's well-written, well-planned out, even though it's very difficult at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I agree that it is something that you would recommend to someone in high school who's trying to decide whether they want to go into cosmology or astronomy or any of that, or even someone going into physics. Um, that was my feeling, actually. I felt like the intended audience, like, this reminded me a lot of my college time. Sometimes in a science class or whatever, you might, um, your teacher might actually make part of the coursework a book that some other famous guy wrote. Oh, like a supplementary reading? Yeah. Yeah. It might be a part of the actual coursework during your 10 weeks or whatever. And he might say, hey, I want you guys to read this specific section of the book. They'll make it required, maybe even. It will be a part of your homework for one of the weeks, maybe week four. And they would be like, 
Um, maybe he will just borrow an excerpt from Origins and then say, I want you to read this chapter from it. Yeah, I can see that. And I actually felt that Tyson was actually trying to communicate to, frankly, community college science teachers. Sure. Probably. Sure. It should also be noted that PBS made it into a Nova special. And I think as a video, this would be almost perfect. Mm. Like, showing all those cool graphics. And I think I've probably seen it because I watch a lot of documentaries, but... Uh, there were definitely times in this that I was like, this could be one of those Science Channel, Discovery Channel uh, specials. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so your overall feeling is good. Continue. Yeah. I interrupted you. Nope, I'm done. She's done. She's like, look, look, screw you. But, yeah, <laughs> let me tell you. You, know, you like, don't get the rest of If you're of interested, my... <laughs> go read it. You if should you're not read interested, it. then... Yeah, if you like astronomy, I would recommend this book. And, and like I said, getting humbled. I mean, I tell you what, this book has made me really badly want to um, not be shamed about my uh, ignorance of the periodic table ever again. <laughs> so the book might have actually done me a great service. I think I would have liked if the last few chapters were the book. Like, they went in more detail about that stuff. That might have uh, been good. Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, it was interesting that he ended the book with the UFOs. Yes, right. I was like, <laughs> but why? <laughs> the book was just, you know, maybe just wanted to end. Well, it I think, I think, as if you consider the whole arc of the book, because he started at the earliest point in history and then moved up to, you know, or brought the scale down to Earth to then cover life and its expansion. Mm-hmm. I think it was fitting. It was basically like now the future. Like, what might be next sort right. of segment of it. And so he's just sort of, like, following through on that swing a little bit to be like, and here's what we're hoping to continue to discover in these departments. I so did that feel... understand more. I did feel that Tyson and Goldsmith were trying really hard to be like, look, there's stuff out there, really, really. They, like, kept, he kept, like, toying with the Drake equation. Yeah. And then be like, we found out these new facts, and... We could toy with it a little more. Really, there's cool <laughs> shit out there. But it was, for what is fair, though, Tyson is fair. He did say that it is becoming increasingly more likely that there might not really be anything in this galaxy. Yeah. Right? And, uh, but it, it was interesting that he was still trying to sell people on that explorer angle that there could be some sort of cool Earth-like planet out there. Yep. Um, but at the same time, I was just like, I see what you're doing there, Columbus... Yeah, I think a lot of Tyson's whole persona is getting people into science. And I think yeah. even here, he's trying to angle people to think about what else is out there and what how they can get into science and discover those kinds of things. Well, overall, even though I said that um, the book was a little boring, I actually am, um, you know, I'm, I'm overall glad we read the book, right? It was, a, it was a science book. There's been a lot of, like, fluffy liberal arts books that I've been pushing and stuff. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, it was it was actually, uh, you know, overall, I'm glad that the book happened. Um, but it was, I, I guess, you know, not but. I'm not trying to, like, cancel it out. <laughs> I'm just trying to say that also it was challenging. Yeah, I, I'm not disappointed that I read it. Right, that's, that's, the, differ- that's the difference, right? Like, yeah. even though it wasn't like, oh, my gosh, this book was gripping me, right? I, I, I just want to, you know, if you listened... We didn't record a Lantris. No. Let me tell you, readers, our, this book is still a hundred times better than a Lantris. <laughs> right? It has more plot than a Lantris, too. Just to give a little context <laughs> to the audience, um, 
we give this context every episode. I don't know why they need it anymore. Do you really? Yeah, we're slamming the shit. There was a season where we re- did a book club. Is that season zero? You don't get it. You don't get season zero. Season zero was where... Stop, the- stop asking me about season zero. You're not getting it. It's the original sentence. It doesn't exist. We, we should actually do like a special episode where we just sit here and shred Elantris for an hour. We should just read the short story from Elantris. I linked it to you, didn't I? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah I saw it. God. He oh, actually wrote man. a short story that's like after Elantris with Queen What's-Her-Face gets pregnant. And, what? And no. if you read the backstory for it, it's... His, it has backstory? His <laughs> girlfriend was an English teacher, and one of her students did a book report on Atlantis. Oh. So, and the student didn't know that they were dating, so he eventually went and wrote a short story about, like, the kids of Atlantis after they fixed everything and put wow. the kid into this short story. It's only, like, 1,400 words. It fits on a web page. <laughs> it's so okay. Great. Well, you know, 1,400 words... <laughs> That's 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 pretty digestible. It's like what, uh, like it's like six pages. It's yeah, not bad. It's yeah. not bad. Anyways, alrighty. So I guess we should be. We're at the time now where we're going to uh, pick the book for the next round. Yes. And since we all again had a second chance to pick books, um, and this time instead of rolling dice, we're just gonna go round robin. Um, in the same order we did the last round, so it's going to start with me. Yes, so Josh. I have a list of books for you all to choose. Here we go. Are you ready? Um, what do we want? You want three options? Yes, three. Okay, I can do that. What I can do... All right. Um, I don't know if I brought this one up before, but The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, yeah? Um, <laughs> Is that on the list? Um, I know it's one that I've read, but it's one I really like, and I, I'd be... This reminds me of an election. That, that person is unelectable. <laughs> I mean, a book. Okay. Um, one that might be fitting in follow-up, uh, The Martian. That was pretty good. But also one that I think might be... Um, it's kind of a good one that I liked, which is actually an older book. Is Slaughterhouse Five? Slaughterhouse Five. That is the one with the crazy. Uh, it's like a World War One or Two guy. I think it's World War One. No, no, World it's War World War Two, and it's the only book that he ever wrote that referenced his actual time in the war. And this guy has like flashbacks of World War Two while. Yes. Yeah. And I believe there's like some really like paranormal crazy shit that happens in that book. Right. And it's so, a little bit like Jacob's Ladder. So the author who wrote it, um, who is Kurt Vonnegut, um, he served in World War II and was there during the bombing of Dresden. And so he wrote this book about a survivor of the bombing of Dresden who was a soldier in World War II um, and suffered PTSD. And then later in life, um, but during his his time in war, he becomes a prisoner of war um, and uh, becomes unstuck from time. And that's kind of where the story starts, is that he begins to sp- experience his life out of order. 
Okay. And um, and then there's also aliens. Oh, <laughs> you could have just left it as weird. It is a little weird. So so it's Jacob's ladder. But I will say it kind of has a very um, I don't know if you're familiar with the movie K Pax at all. It has this very interesting uh-huh. feel where it's like, is it is did he really get abducted by aliens? Is he really unstuck by time, or is he just nuts? So gotcha. because of war trauma. I'm going to flat out say my choice is The Martian. It's the only one I haven't read out of those three. I know you won't choose Hitchhiker's Guide. I, I have also read The Martian. In fact, I should, I've read all of these. I, I w- I'm uh, going to... Uh, but I enjoy them and want to share. I'm going to say this is actually one of the best uh, chances he has for The Hitchhiker's Guide. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. It wasn't planned that way. Yeah, so I have seen the movie The Martian. I actually really liked it, the movie. And... Uh, I know, unfortunately, just too much about Slaughterhouse Five, and uh, oh, and so then I'm like, ah, the mystery's lost, right? And then um, I'm gonna say Hitchhiker's Guide, which I only know as this meme book. It's like the book <laughs> of memes. It could have been called the memeology. And I love Hitchhiker's Guide. I'd love to tear it apart. That would be like a very interesting discussion among us. So, uh, I gotta, I gotta make a tough choice here, right? Like, do I back on The Martian? Because I have a feeling the book, The Martian, is actually gonna get more into the nitty gritty of, like, how he did one point A to point B. It's true. But my worry about The Martian is this book is gonna be, like, lots of other books where it's gonna be reading about some guy's internal monologue chapter after chapter. <laughs> I'm really concerned about that. I mean, he's stuck on a planet. It's not like you're going to get dialogue. I know. He's talking to his potatoes. So I'm gonna, there's going to be one hell of an internal monologue. Now granted, in the movie, the internal monologue was cool. I have to say for this, if, if you're talking about a story that features primarily one character isolated, it's not the fucking castaway. <laughs> it's not the castaway. <laughs> it is not the castaway in space. I um, <laughs> I am torn. I'm torn. I'm going to go with my um, you know, because I'm an uncultured lout. I you know, and uh, obviously I'm demented, and want to remain that way, and don't have a smartphone. That's right. I don't have a smartphone. Yeah, um, that's weird. I uh. You know, I, I'm going to back Alex up here on the Martian. All right. And it will be good to go with Origins. Well, if you... I know you chose, but I would just like to say, if you chose Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, we wouldn't have to hear about it anymore. It wouldn't be <laughs> on lists anymore. This is true. <laughs> no, I actually love this sort of, like, bizarre Faustian... Like, like this guy, like, just like, what three books will almost ensure that Hitchhiker's memeology will be picked? I'm trying to find the book in my list here. Uh, and, and this was really close. I almost picked it. So you're, you're, getting, you're narrowing it down. You need to put, like, the Holy Bible... Actually, no, I'd read that. <laughs> <laughs> what book? You need to put, like, uh, I'm trying to think of a book. Yeah, I don't know. Oh. Lady Tutu's Adventures in Wonderland. Twilight. Twilight. Yeah, you're like Twilight. <laughs> and then you could put down, like, Twilight Breaking Dawn or Hitchhiker's Guide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 
So, you just be careful what you did there. That's you know that's what happened in our elections. We're oh, like god. they'll never pick that book. Oh god, they'll yeah. never pick the bad book. You would spite pick me too. <laughs> <laughs> Alex is here though to moderate this. Just make sure that we survive. The book club lives. Well, I mean, the problem is we're always going to get a tie because it's only three of us. Yeah. One person doesn't get a vote because they're proposing, so it's just you and me, fisticuffs, <laughs> picking over yeah, Twilight Hitchhiker's Well, I, th- I think what would happen is, right, eventually, because um, we would have essentially eliminated an option, and that's when we'd bring Josh in, and he'd be like, ha, 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 a good holiday season, and uh, join us in reading The Martian. Yes, it was a good movie. It'll probably be a good book about, you know, volleyballs. Yeah, space volleyballs. Thanks again for joining us, and I hope you enjoyed. Sound effects provided by the F Sound Man, and music provided by Ben Sound. Why not tell us what you thought of our review in the comments? And join us next time on. Book Bash!